بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله الحمد لله رب العالمين اللهم صل على سيدنا محمد وعلى آل سيدنا محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم بارك على محمد وعلى آل محمد وبارك وسلم اللهم علمنا ما ينفعنا وانفعنا بما علمتنا وزدنا علما رب اشرح لي صدري ويسر لي أمري وأحل عقدة من لساني يفقه قولي my dear respected brothers and sisters in Islam, Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. Alhamdulillah, we are once again in our nightly session regarding pearls of the Quran and different lessons we can learn from the Book of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And as the days are becoming longer and the Maghrib Salah is getting later and Isha Salah is getting later, Inshallah, it was decided that uh, from tomorrow we will begin the program at 9.15 to give ample time for people to wrap up their dinner, pray their Maghrib Salah, Awabin, Nafal prayer, and uh, be situated before the Tafsir program begins. So Inshallah, we will be starting at 9.15 from tomorrow. And we will send out the new timing on the different groups and the emails and the WhatsApp groups, Inshallah. But those who are listening I just wanted to let them know because most of the time we have the same listeners uh, and inshallah at the end of the program tonight I will again uh, repeat this information that from tomorrow the program will begin at inshallah 9.15 the time is now uh, late quite late it was around 9.30 9.40 now it's 9.57 so uh, or uh, Depending on you know the different degrees, so any in any case, uh, it is better that uh, we start at nine fifteen, inshallah. So the ayat that I wanted to mention tonight is ayah one seventy five to one seventy seven. Allah subhanahu wa taala mentions the story uh, of the people prior to us in the Quran. Allah subhanahu wa taala says. وَاتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ نَبَأَ الْبَعْدَ نَعُوذُ بِاللَّهِ مِنَ الشَّيْطَانِ الرَّجِيمِ بِسْمِ اللَّهِ الرَّحْمَنِ الرَّحِيمِ Surah Araf, Ayah 175 وَاتْلُوا عَلَيْهِمْ نَبَأَ الَّذِي آتِيْنَاهُ آيَاتِنَا فَانْسَلَخَ مِنْهَا فَأَتْبَعَهُ الشَّيْطَانُ فَكَانَ مِنَ الْغَابِينَ وَلَوْ شِئْنَا لَرَفَعْنَاهُ بِهَا وَلَكِنَّهُ أَخْلَدَ ذلك مثل القوم الذين كذبوا بآياتنا فاقصص القصص لعلهم يتفكرون ساء مثلا القوم الذين كذبوا بآياتنا وأنفسهم كانوا يظلمون الله سبحانه وتعالى is instructing Rasulullah صلى الله عليه وسلم واتلو عليهم and narrate unto them and recite unto them the يهود of Medina Recite unto them, narrate unto them, Naba Alladi, the story of the man. Atinahu Ayatina, the story of that man whom we had given the knowledge of our verses, the knowledge of the book. Yet he wriggled out of it. In Silah is like how a snake comes out of its old skin and, and grows a new skin. It completely leaves the old skin behind. 
فَانْسَلَخَ مِنْهَا So he wriggled out from that knowledge and from the deen that he was granted. And as he came out from the knowledge, فَأَتْبَعُهُ الشَّيْطَانُ Then shaitan overtook him. فَكَانَ مِنَ الْغَاوِينَ And then he became one of those who were gone astray, who were, who were overcome by perversion, became perverted, and went off the right track. غَاوِينَ became crooked Allah Ta'ala further states وَلَوْ شِئْنَا لَرَفَعْنَاهُ بِهَا if we had so willed we could have elevated him with that knowledge that had been granted to him وَلَكِنَّهُ أَخْلَدَ إِلَى الْأَرْضِ وَاتَّبَعَ هَوَاهُ but he clung to the earth and he followed his desires right فَمَثَلُهُ كَمَثَلِ الْكَلْبِ so his example is like the example of a dog. In tahmil alayhi yalhath aw tatrukhu yalhath. That if you attack the dog, he will pant and he will, he pants and he sticks his tongue out and he breathes heavily. And if you leave him alone, he also pants. The dog is always panting. This is the example of those who denied our signs. فَقْصُصِ الْقَصَصَ So relate to them this story. لَعَلَّهُمْ يَتَفَكَّرُونَ So that they may ponder, so that they may reflect. سَاءَ مَثَلًا الْقَوْمُ الَّذِينَ كَذَّبُوا بِآيَاتِنَا Evil indeed is the example of those people who deny our signs, our verses. وَأَنفُسَهُمْ كَانُوا يَظْلِمُونَ and they have been doing wrong to themselves. They have wronged themselves. Now, I just went over the translation of these three ayat, 175, 176, 177. And there's not much that we can understand from the translation itself. It is highly confusing. We understand that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is asking Rasulullah to narrate a story of the of one person of the past uh, what we can gather from the ayat is that ayatina he had been given the knowledge of the signs but he left it behind him and he wriggled out and he became overcome by shaitan and he became among the misguided ones and Allah Ta'ala is saying he could have elevated him with that knowledge but he followed his desires then Allah Ta'ala says he is like a dog who is always panting in all conditions and beyond that we do not know which time period he came in, what was his name, who was he, what is his actual story. So this is one of the first points we can learn tonight, is that we can never n- resort to just the translation of the Qur'an and feel that we will be able to understand what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying. It is in many occasions insufficient for us to gain appreciation of what is going on. And this is one case uh, uh, example. Um, so, we have to learn from Rasulullah the explanation. There are a group of people who call themselves the Ahlul Quran or the Quranists, but in reality they are munkir of hadith, they are the rejectors of the hadith of Rasulullah. 
they say that Hasbuna Kitabullah for us the book of Allah is sufficient. We don't need the hadith of Rasulullah. The hadith of Rasulullah are not needed. The book of Allah is sufficient for our guidance. The hadith of Rasulullah they attack its authentic nature and they say they're all made up, Na'udhu Billah. And the book of Allah is sufficient for our guide. So we can ask those people that the book of Allah how can we understand it without the sunnah of Rasulullah It is impossible. Even the five times daily prayer, how to perform the prayer and the names of those prayers, such a fundamental part of our deen, are not explained explicitly in the Quran. Right? There's certain indications towards them. Uh, but explicitly, Fajr time, Dhuhr time, Asr, Maghrib, Isha, what are the times for the salawat? How do we begin the salah? How do we end the salah? All the details of the prayers are not mentioned in the Quran. The details of zakat, soma, hajj, um, all the ibadat are not mentioned in the Quran. So we need the explanation of Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And this was something that was he was inspired with. Even if you look at it, Purely from a Quranic perspective, the Quran itself proves that we need the Sunnah of Rasulullah. How many places Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Allah wa Rasul. Obey Allah and obey His Messenger. So, if the commandment of Allah Ta'ala to obey His Messenger was a re- timeless command, was an eternal command which is eternally relevant, then the Sunnah of Rasulullah had to be preserved. Otherwise, how, are, how would we be expected to follow Rasulullah if his sunnah was not going to be preserved and saved and transmitted to our time? And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired Rasulullah with the explanation of the Quran. This is within the Quran itself. Allah ta'ala says, Thumma inna alayna bayana. Then I will inspire you with the explanation of the Quran or Rasulullah. Do not worry, do not stress. I will inspire you with the explanation of the Quran. And then what should you do? Your task is to clearly explain to the people that which has been revealed unto them. Uh, which has been revealed unto you for them. So Rasulullah explained to the people, explained to the Sahaba and Sahabiyat and uh, the meanings of the Quran and if you look in the books of Hadith we will find the Kitab tafsir the book of the explanation of the Quran and it is filled with the Hadith of Rasulullah on various different occasions when the Sahaba عنه, asked him or Aisha عنه, asked, asked him uh, and um, his family members asked him his Sahaba, his companions asked him Ya Rasulullah what is the meaning of this ayah then Rasulullah would explain the meaning of the ayah. And without his explanation, we are lost. Just like over here, we would not have any indication of what is going on and who is the story about if he did not have the hadith of Rasulullah. So there is a hadith narrated by Abdullah ibn Abbas radiallahu ta'ala anhumah and Ibn Murdaway that scholars of Tafsir have mentioned in their books that this story was about Bal'am ibn Ba'ura 
And the main lesson of this story is that despite having a lot of knowledge and piety and taqwa and ilm, uh, if a person stops fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his heart becomes tainted with the desire for worldly gifts and he gets under the peer pressure of his wife, his family, his, uh, his dear ones, then despite having all the knowledge and despite previously being so close to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by following the nafs and the desires, then this person can lose that position he had with Allah ta'ala and can lose everything that he had and become accursed, become mal'oon, and can drop in the ranks of the of the pleasure from Allah, of Allah Taala, and to become one of the enemies of Allah. And this is something that is very tragic. It is very scary. It is a wake up call for all of us at whatever level we may be at the deen of the deen, all the way from being a scholar of the deen uh, to a practicing Muslim. That if we ever become arrogant about what we have or we ever start following our nafs and desires uh, and do not uphold the deen that we are able to learn from our teachers, from our parents and the blessing of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala upon us we do not fulfill the rights of it then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is qadir and has the ability to take this blessing away from us and deprive us and all the previous righteous deeds will go to waste and what will count is the final ending a person may be a great servant of the deen, spreading the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and converting people and changing their lives and positively impacting them. But before he dies, if he gets corrupted and his niya changes and he falls into sin, and then in that condition he ends up dying, that is a very sad death. Because what counts is the ending. Al-i'tibaru bil khawatim. al-a'malu bil khawatim. The amal are assessed and the value of the actions is based on the final action, the final ending. So this is a story that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is revealing to Rasulullah to narrate to the Yahud of Medina. So they can wake up and remind themselves about this story from their own past and they are in the same boat, same position today that they had the knowledge that this person who has been sent in their midst in their city, Muhammad Sallallahu is the Prophet of Allah yet they are denying him out of arrogance so this is an opportunity for them to reflect and make tawbah so the story is that this man, his name was Bala'am bin Ba'ura and he belonged to Syria and he was living in the land of Kana'an near Jerusalem um, so he had the knowledge of certain books revealed by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and some scholars say that he knew the ismul a'zam the beautiful name of Allah when he is invoked with that name then he will answer the prayer right away so this story occurs in the period after Musa salam and the Bani Israel they escaped from Egypt and Fir'aun and his army were drowned in the water. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had destroyed Fir'aun and his army and had granted victory to the Bani Israel over Egypt. So after they had uh, 
the complete Egypt in their control and Allah had gifted them with so much wealth and power then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala commanded Musa salam and his people that they need to go out and fight a war against a group of people called the Jabbarin the Jabbarin were strong soldiers right now these Jabbarin who otherwise were very strong they had seen what happened to Fir'aun and his people and the great Fir'aun who used to call himself as God who used to claim to be God and his people they were drowned and Musa and Bani Israel were saved so this became a very well known incident and they had heard about it so when they saw the army of Musa approaching towards their lands they became very scared and they came to Bal'am bin Ba'ura who had the knowledge of the Ismul A'lam, the name of Allah Ta'ala when you ask using the name your dua is answered right away plus on top of that he was a very pious individual and he was a very knowledgeable individual he was an alim and abid he was a scholar and a worshipper and he was to live in seclusion on the top of a mountain and he would be worshipping Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala at all the time at all times and people would come to him from far and wide to seek his du'as for their various needs and this was a well known accepted fact amongst the people that when he would raise his hands and make du'a then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would accept his du'a so as a last resort they went up to Balam bin Ba'ura who was doing his ibadah in the corner and they asked him can you please uh, make dua for us that we have victory over Musa salam and his army that is coming and can you please curse Musa salam and his army and invoke destruction upon them and ask Allah Ta'ala to destroy that army so this was you don't have to be a great scholar to know that cursing a prophet is not a good idea right that's pretty obvious so Balaam bin Ba'ura he told them that Musa salam is the prophet of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and he has the support of Allah ta'ala's angels and he could not curse him and he said he knows that Musa salam has a high rank with Allah ta'ala and that if he curses Musa salam uh, then this will ruin himself and he will be ruined both in this dunya and in the akhirah this world and the world to come but the people of, uh, of Bal'am bin Ba'ura that, of that area they did not give up they continued to insist and insist and insist right so Bal'am bin Ba'ura said okay just to ward them off first he said I'm going to seek the consent of Allah Ta'ala and make istikhara to Allah if Allah will guide me what to do and if he t- lets me know that I can curse them then I will do it he just quieted them down this way and he did perform an istikhara and as would have been expected most naturally uh, he saw in a dream that Allah Ta'ala was prohibiting him from making such a dua against Musa salam in the Bani Israel so he came back to the people and he informed them that this is the prohibition I have received in my dream 
But then the Jabarin started playing, playing other tricks. The Jabarin people, they gave him and presented to him uh, a gift of considerable value, of a uh, very expensive gift, which he then accepted. And this is where the downfall began. And then they started in increasing their uh, insistence of that he needs to make the dua. Then they got different things for his wife and they bought her loyalty. So she started advising him, go ahead, pray for them, make dua for them. It's not a big deal. They have given me so much. They've given you so much. So this is where he started following his desires and he was blinded by the love of both wealth and wife, the dunya material and his wife. So he started raising his hands and started in t with his intention to start cursing Musa salam and his people. However, at this point, something very strange and unusual began to happen. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had decreed already that he will accept the dua of this man Bal'am. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had also decreed that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was not going to destroy Musa and the Bani Israel by his curse. Now Allah ta'ala wanted to accept his dua and this is what Allah ta'ala had decided. At the same time Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had decided that he was going to safeguard and protect Musa and the Bani Israel. So how did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala manage both? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is very unique in his ways. He managed both of these apparently contradictory conditions. What did he do is he he took over the tongue of Balaam. And Balaam, when he raised his hands to curse Musa and Bani Israel, he could not control his tongue. And he started cursing the Jabbarin and, and making dua that they are destroyed and that they are not successful. And then he started making dua in favor of Musa and Bani Israel that may Allah grant them victory and open victory. So, the leaders of the Jabbarin, they had all come together to present this dua request from Balaam bin Ba'ura. And when they heard what he was saying, they started screaming and crying out. And they tried to catch him and stop him and say that, what are you doing? What in the world is wrong with you? We had a deal. You were going to pray for us. And now you're praying for the opposite party. Then... Balaam at the end when he finished cursing his own people and making dua in favor of Musa al-Sadab he put his hands down at the end and then he said that I have no control over my tongue and I am sincerely sorry for what happened but it was not in my control and then his tongue as a punishment from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because he misused his tongue despite knowing better it became thick and it became long and started hanging out of his mouth and protruding like that of a dog and he for the rest of his life he was in that condition with his tongue protruding out some narrations say all the way to his chest some say even lower down to his abdomen the his tongue was protruding out and hanging out of his mouth and he could not speak properly, he could not talk and communicate to anyone.
And Allah Ta'ala says that other animals, they breathe heavily and they start panting when they exert themselves a lot, when they run a lot, when they jog a lot, etc. Then that happens. But with respect to dogs, they are always panting. Even when they are calm and collected with their master at their home, or they are guard dogs and they feel a threat and they are attacking the unknown threat. In all circumstances, they're panting, their tongues are sticking out, and they are breathing heavily. So that is how Allah Ta'ala describes his condition was. And this punishment came from Allah Ta'ala because of his sin of making du- uh, of intending to make dua against Musa salam. So the people, the Jabbarin, they said his game's over, we lost, we are going towards destruction. This dua has been made opposite of what we had wanted. And what are we going to do now? So this Balaam bin Ba'ura, who had already been cursed and was facing this adab, he did not stop at this time, nor did he make tawbah. And if he repented, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is so ghafoor and rahim, Allah ta'ala could have forgiven him. Right? But instead, he realized that now his people will be destroyed by Musa army. But the knowledge he had, and that knowledge he was using it in the wrong direction, but he still had the knowledge. So he applied that knowledge, and he said that, I have one trick I can t- tell you, which can be an antidote for the poison that came out from my statement, meaning all the good in favor of Musa salam can be wiped out. I have the plan. And that plan is that you should take your young girls and decorate them, beautify them, adorn them, and send them out into the camp of the Bani Israel, the army of Musa salam. And they have been away from home for a long time. Some of them will fall into the sin of fornication. And when they commit that sin, the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is headed their way, will be uplifted. Because this is such a heinous crime, obscenities, and committing illicit haram relationships, that the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, which is decided to come also, will be uplifted, will be taken away. So that is another lesson as well. That when sins become common and predominant in the society, particularly sins pertaining to obscenities, then the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not going to ever be with those people. The unseen help of Allah ta'ala. So the Bani Israel, they were not like the Sahaba that the Roman Empire made the same decision to misguide the Sahaba of Rasulullah and the Tabi'een. But their leader Abu Ubaida ibn al-Jarrah said, Continue looking down, do not look right or left, do not raise your heads, and let us pass through this area. So they did so, the entire army, and not a single one of them even glanced back at, at those women who came out in their most attractive forms to beguile them and make them fall into sin. However, these Bani Israel were not like that. Some of them ended up falling into sin. And as a result, the help of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala was taken away. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says this knowledge that he was given was such a great knowledge if we wished we could have elevated his status but he is the one who chose to follow his desires and this was the evil outcome that took place now you understand when the Quran is saying his example is like that of a dog 
the way the dog sticks his tongue out that is how he was forced to stick his tongue out until he died and this is a really impactful story that is in the Quran of a past person but is still at the same time unfortunately relatively uh, less people have heard this story it is kind of unknown almost and that is why I wanted to share with all of you this story tonight so we can take a lesson and take heed that no matter how much knowledge of deen we have no matter how much practice of deen we have we are always in need of hidayah from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala we can never for a moment rest assured and relax that we will definitely overcome shaitan and iblis but rather we always have to be fearing Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala look at this person who was so close to Allah ta'ala whatever dua he made would have been accepted yet uh, he ended up being cursed by Allah ta'ala and having to face this adab may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala protect us and grant us istiqamah on the deen and uh, keep us humble and keep us mukhlis and sincere for the sake of Allah ta'ala wa akhiru da'wana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen